Hey friends, it's Andy. Welcome to our new show, Accelerate Expresso. Look, I mean, I know you're busy, and it's hard to keep up with all six of the great episodes we publish each week. So, with this show, Accelerate Expresso, we're going to deliver highlights from each episode from the previous week. And in the process, give you short, delicious shots of insight from a show you might have missed, and to help amp you up for the coming week. Now, before we jump into it, please remember to visit iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, leave a review, please, for Accelerate. We need your feedback to ensure that we keep delivering the high levels of value you expect. Okay, let's express it. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to Expresso. Due to the July 4th holiday, this was a short week on Accelerate in terms of new episodes, which means a little bit shorter Expresso for you today. Make sure you come back again. Next week, we have a full complement of episodes for you on the show. So first up on this edition of Expresso from episode 500 is Coca Sexton. Coca is the global industry principal for social selling at Hootsuite. Many of you might also be familiar with Coca from his tenure at LinkedIn, where he helped to popularize and formalize the product practice of social selling and elevated into an essential part of our current sales processes, which is what we speak about in this episode. Isn't it time to just start calling social selling just selling? Well, I, I, I would say that there are still some denial. Oh, there is. Um, there is absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's still denial um, around this whole idea. Um, and I've got my own like, theories as to why that is. Oh, well, um, yeah. well, let's, let's, let's talk about those. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if it's diminished. I, I would say that some of the buzz is is going away. Um, so it is probably leveling out. Um, now, I do, you know, I I do think that people are still looking for it, right? Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of exploration and how do we, you know, get our salespeople to become more savvy within social networks? How are they, you know, going to identify, connect, and engage with with these buyers in the, in these different mediums? Um, you know, and I've been saying this for years that eventually social selling is just going to be called sales. And I think in many ways it, it is like social is, is a part of every modern sales organization in some aspect. If it's not being led from the top um, and actually, you know, being you know, pushed down to the, to the teams and, and how to leverage these tools and these applications and platforms, mm-hmm. individual reps are taking the responsibility on their own and doing it on their own. Yeah, well, I would. You used an interesting word, which is sort of becoming, <clears throat> excuse me, sort of becoming like a, I don't know, a buzzword is, you know, modern sales. And, which is great, and I appreciate that. But, you know, we have lots of people listen to the show who, you know, sales professionals doing a great job, but by the definition we use of modern sales, they're not. You know, and I've given this example on the show several times of, you know, talking with a, a company earlier this year that, that uh, 100-year-old company with, I think, about 60 outside field salespeople, number one in their their market segment, so established company, you know, their strategic initiative for this year was to install the first CRM system. <laughs> and that's that's the world outside, outside what I consider sort of the tech bubble. Yeah. Is that, you know, we have people in this modern world who are selling proficiently, but not using any of these tools, really. I mean, maybe they're using LinkedIn to, to connect in some cases, but you know, once we get beyond sort of, well, consider sort of that first level of, of let's say social in their sales stack, that may be it. Well, I think there's all there's also maturity model, right? When you look at every single industry across across the globe, from you know the tech um, industry down to healthcare or manufacturing. 
um, I, you know, I think that they're each in their own stage of that maturity model of, you know, becoming modern sales or, you know, transforming themselves digitally. And we're, you, you see it typically first start in the marketing departments uh, where, you know, they're realizing that to acquire new customers or to stay relevant um, in front of their competition, they have to become more digital because that's where the world is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that that stage of the maturity then trickles into, okay, well, what else can we do? How do, how else do we transform this company to becoming more relevant in this, in this, this new era of the internet? And you, you see it then trickling into the sales teams. Now that's not to say, um, I, you know, I come across companies all the time who are skeptical to this idea of leveraging social, um, in any capacity because they've been operating, you know, in some cases, like you said, a hundred years and they still knock on doors and they still make phone calls. And that's basically their entire MO and it, it's working for them. And I think that it will continue working for them until somebody else comes into that industry and totally disrupts it. And that's where you see these, these behemoth companies struggling, uh, because they can't keep up because somebody else has figured out a new way, some type of hack, um, to get in front of those customers that they already have and, and the new ones by leveraging digital tools. Um, and that's where you see some of that scrambling around for how do we, how do we stay relevant? And well, I see that, even like in the cement industry, like there's, you know, companies like, like Cemex mm-hmm. who you know, manufactures um, and distributes, you know, c- cement and, and other, other building materials. Um, even they um, are seeing this, this trend where they need to become more digital. Um, and their sales teams are starting to adapt to it also. On Thursday, in episode 501, I talked with Bertrand Hazard. Bertrand is the VP of Marketing at TrustRadius. TrustRadius is part of a growing set of third-party, independent, crowdsourced review sites for SaaS applications. These are becoming important resources for buyers that are, who are evaluating solutions in various markets. In our conversation, we explore how these sites operate and the value they provide to buyers and sellers alike. Well, so most of the people know Trust Radius as uh, being a review platform uh, for technology uh, products. So what I mean by that is that we are helping technology buyers to make more informed decisions with authentic, in-depth user insights, basically content from their peers and content that they can trust. Now, what uh, we are doing for technology vendors is a lot more than that. Uh, what we're helping technology vendors is really to get their customers on the record authentically and at scale, and then use that content to engage and convert their buyers across their own sales and marketing channels. Um, so it's not just about capturing reviews and having reviews posted on Trust Radius. Um, the site is really a mean to an end. What, what it is, it's really about saying, okay, I've got a customer base of let's say a thousand customers. And what I want is I want to get as many of these customers on the record so that I can do a few things with it. I can understand use cases that maybe I'm not aware of. Um, and and that's usually extremely powerful from a, a product uh, direction, product strategy standpoint. I want to listen to how customers speak about my product. Um, and that's really useful and extremely important for both product marketers, but also for salespeople, because now you can kind of like start to see about how people describe you and describe your products and features in a way that then you can, you know, replicate with prospective buyers. Uh, and then it's important for marketers that can use 
now the voice of their customers as a way to nurture to 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 nurture you know the prospects that they are engaging with and then for sales uh, which is the most important um, they've got you know now at the tip of their hands the ability to provide um, you know, uh, examples, what I love to quote, to say money quotes from, you know, existing customers that they can share with their prospects. And instead of saying, well, look, you know, trust me, I'm telling you that we can do this and this, they can basically point to a specific quote within a review and say that, you know, don't trust me, don't take my word, you know, look at what John at this company is telling about, you know, our product and services and offerings. So that's in a nutshell what, you know, Trust Radius is all about. We are, you know, we want to to bring really transparency to how uh, people buy software, uh, but we're also trying to help, you know, vendors to take advantage of their customers and do it at scale. Uh, that's so, in a nutshell what we're doing. Okay, so okay. how are you working with vendors to do that? So with vendors, um, any, any vendor today can come to Trust Radius and uh, they can have their product listed. And if they want, um, they can even have, you know, drive their customers to write reviews on Trust Radius. There's a standard template that they can use to do that. And, and it's completely free. It's, it's, there's no, it's not a paper play. We don't like that model of paper play. Now, for other vendors, what we are doing uh, is we're working with them and we're helping them to really not go from zero to 10 reviews, but zero to 100 reviews. We're getting them to, we're getting really working with them to get a lot more of their customers on the record because we know how to run programs to do that. Uh, and we can also customize the questions within the reviews, which means that if you start with the end in mind, if you start to think about, okay, what's, what would help us to sell or what's stopping us from selling? Let's say you work for a company and you know that your product is highly scalable, but there is perception in the market that your product is not you know, necessarily scalable. What we can do is we can insert questions in the front, uh, at the front end, basically within the review, and ask existing customers to speak specifically around scalability. So what it does is not only you're getting new brands on the record, uh, but you're also getting you know, your customers to speak, you know, generally and authentically about, you know, your features that might differentiate you or help you in your sales process. And then once you've got that content, that's gold, because now that content can be reused, you know, as part of your sales engagement. On Frontline Friday this week, episode 502 with Bridget Gleason, we talk about sales principles, really core sales values, and the necessity of having principles guide your sales methods versus the other way around. And we discussed some excellent books that describe the value of principles. So, Bridget, how are you today? You know the answer. Should I stop asking? You know the answer. Should I stop asking? No, 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 no. Keep asking. I'm doing excellent. Okay. I'm doing excellent. It's great. Fantastic. Beautiful, sunny, fantastic. Couldn't be better. So, people are going to listen to the show. And it's Friday. It's Friday. So, but people are going to listen to the show and wonder, you know, are there ever any clouds in Bridget Gleason's life? Oh my God! Yes, there are clouds all the time. Okay. Every yeah, there are always yeah, there are clouds. Lots of clouds. 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 Yes, lots of clouds. <laughs> have Have you and looked the, at clouds from both sides? <laughs> sounds like a song. <laughs> Somebody should write it. Um, yeah, there are clouds. It it just takes more effort when there are clouds to find the sun that's shining through. So, but there are definitely clouds. 
But it's always worth don't, the effort. Don't let anybody, I, no one should ever be deceived that I'm always like sunning <laughs> up. Uh, there are days that I come in. There's a, it was uh, last week and, or the week before. And, and people cringe when they see you walk in. It's like, oh no, Bridget's in one well, of the moods. No, 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 no. They usually, they can't always tell, but I walked into the the sales team, it was maybe one day last week or the week before, and I said, I just want you guys to know, I am in a really bad mood, okay? <laughs> and I said, the, the universe is not cooperating. Like, I have certain things, I want them to line up, do, and you know what? Everything is not organizing in the way that I would like it to be organized, okay? And I feel very frustrated, so I give you my permission right now to, to, to like plug your ears, whatever. If I bark, just know I'm having a bad day. I just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Walk so softly. I, I try to, yeah, I just try to, I try to let people know. Give them a yeah. heads up. Okay. Well, have you ever, have you ever like uh, been in a running a sales meeting, like pounded the table with your fists? No, I'm not a fist pounder, but there, there are sales meetings I've run where it's clear. God, when I'm not, oh boy, when I'm not, when I'm mad or mm-hmm. something displeases me. Tell us, tell us. No, there, there's no mistake. There's no mistake. Like it's, it's, it's not, you don't wonder, you know. Okay. And it's my face. Like you can't see it here because we're on a podcast, but my face, I couldn't play, I couldn't win poker. I can play, but I lose because my face says it all. The tone of my voice. I am short. It's clipped. I'm also very direct. Finally, in episode 503 with John Wibben. John is the founder and CEO of Content Launch and the author of a couple of excellent books. On his first appearance on Accelerate, we talked about his first book, Content is Currency. And in this episode, we speak about his second book, Future Marketing, Winning in the Prosumer Age. And John provides some interesting predictions for how marketing is going to evolve in the future and how these ultimately will impact sales as well. Check it out. The prosumer is the new consumer. And this term actually was coined by the futurist Alvin Toffler in 1980. In his book, The Third <laughs> Wave. Yeah, I'm reading The Third um, Wave. Yeah, great book. And I, I read it when I was uh, nine years old. And <laughs> it oh. made a huge impact on me. I was um, older. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but as a nine-year-old child reading this book, I was really taken by it. And it really made a huge impact on me. I think partially because I was very young. Um, but a lot of things that he talked about in 1980, so long ago, have have come to fruition in one way or another. And so this prosumer is essentially it's a, a mashup of producer and consumer. And if you look around and the way we all behave with the brands we 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 interact with, we are helping them produce the service or experience and also consuming at the same time um, in, in large part. So if you look at you know Amazon and all the reviews we, we give on Amazon, we're helping Amazon produce the content on, on the Amazon.com site. Facebook, you know, Facebook's not producing all that content. We are um, at the same time, we're consuming the content. So this whole prosumer thing—it's um, bigger than you know uh, the thought leader movement. It's bigger than the influencer movement. It's 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 taking uh, shape here right before our eyes, and literally, you know, millions of people are now uh, what I would call prosumers. And so it's such a big thing, and it's become it's going to get bigger. That I think we really need to call it the prosumer age. And so I think it belonged in the subtitle of this book because I'm really talking about the next 14 years in the marketing practice. And I think the prosumer is going to be a key piece of that. So how do you, how do you see that working? Let's say 
Okay, you gave some great examples of contemporary Amazon, Facebook, so on. Get that. But what about yeah, you know, more conventional sort of? You know, hey, I I sell industrial parts. Um, yeah, you know, work for GE and sell industrial parts. I mean, how how does that affect their their customers? How do their customers become prosumers? Yeah, that's a good question, and and I don't think that there's an application for every company, every industry necessarily, um, but in some cases there there can be. I think really it's just getting closer to the consumer and then getting closer to you. Um, uh, so that can take many different shapes and different forms, um, and seeing them differently in the fact that these aren't people that I sell stuff to; these are people that can help me. Um, improve my marketing, help me run some of my marketing, um, and vice versa. Um, you know, I'm helping them with their lives in some way, shape, or form too. So it's it's really just breaking down the wall between company and customer in, in new ways, using new technology to do that, whether it's virtual reality or augmented reality. All these things are coming, um, and I think the prosumer age is just taking shape now as we speak. In the next three or four years, or three or four years from now, I think we'll we'll see it more clearly. Um, and, and yeah, for some of those companies, like you just mentioned, um, there may be an application there that may not, but I think it really is just, um, getting closer to your, to your customer and, and using the technology to do that. Well, I think it's the idea of the, I mean, listening to you talk, I mean, to me, it strikes me, it's really about the customer experience really becomes part of that. Right. So yeah. regardless really of what you're selling is, is, as you said, it's not a matter of selling to someone. It's, it's this whole act of selling is, you know, it's a collaborative process. And it really should be in a business-to-business space. It really should be more of a collaborative rather than something you're inflicting on someone. It's something you're doing with them, a journey you're on together to help them discover a solution. As you said, the closer you get to the customer as you do that, then you know the customer experience and their input and feedback into what they need to buy yeah, starts shaping what you sell. Yeah, absolutely. And many, I mean, there's many different names for this, right? I'm just calling it the prosumer age. And yeah, it could be the customer experience. It could be, um, I mean, there's there's many different terms that are used out there. Um, but but the reason I wanted to make this part of the, the title of the book is because I really think it's going to be a, a very big thing over the next 10 years. And uh, so we really need to dig into it and find out how we can wrap our arms around this and, and change the way, um, start evolving the way that we see our customers in new ways that we haven't done before. So you identify other sort of megatrends in your book. I mean, share with us what some of those are. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the big megatrends are, you know, innovating to zero, where we have cars with zero emissions, zero accidents, uh, carbon neutral cities and buildings. It's basically a zero concept world with zero defects, you know, zero breaches of security, et cetera. Um, Just that mass efficiency thing that we're starting to see across the board. So that's it, friends. Another excellent week of Accelerate, the world's best sales podcast. Please take 30 seconds right now. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review. I personally want to know what I can do to make this an even more valuable resource for you. For our regular listeners, I'll see you bright and early Monday morning. For everyone else, we'll see you again back here next week. Until then, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Good selling, everyone.